It's time for Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies. Thank you, Gavin, for producing our program and making us sound so great every single week. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. I'm in studio with Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. It's great to have you listening today, wherever you are listening. Maybe you're listening on the bridge. Austin, 101.1 FM and 1120 AM, Central Texas Christian Talk. Welcome. We're so grateful to have you. Maybe you're listening to our Love Talk podcast, and that's great as well. Um, We are thankful wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing today that you are listening to us. Ladies, man, welcome. Great to see you guys in studio today. I'm always happy to be with y'all. Hi, Kath. Hi, Marlene. Hey, Coach Carey, it's great to be here this morning. It's great to see your beautiful faces and friends. It's wonderful to be with you. And we just hope as well, as we get into God's word, that you hear our voices, but you also hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, friends, I, he is just alive. God's word is alive and active. And his Holy Spirit just does amazing things in our hearts and minds as we get into his word. And I just love this series that we're going to do, Carrie. I I just, I know you're going to talk a bit about it. I'm just so excited to launch right into part one of it today. So um, Marlene, and it's great to see you. It's great to see your beautiful face staring right back at me. Well, thank you. I, um, I'm excited about this program. I think um, Carrie is the author, but I think it's a amazing, I, I wish I had written it. <laughs> <laughs> you have your chance, Marlene, in a couple of weeks, girl. We're excited. We're excited. I, I love the word intentional, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, intentional to me is like my new favorite word. So let's get started. Right. And to, I hear you, Marlene. I, there are so many areas in my life where I want to be intentional, right? And I have to make myself be intentional. So I'm excited to embark on this new series that we have titled Intentional Living. And this is part one. Uh, If you've been listening to us, or maybe you've missed a few programs, in the month of February, we had on our good friend, Vicki Porterfield, uh, discussing the Collegiate Day of Prayer, which is uh, just right here upon us. Uh, We had a new friend, Carrie Patterson, who authored a book called The Sacred Mundane, and we had a great conversation with her, having fun and loving well. We had our friend Dr. Chris Thurman on um, discussing building successful families, and then uh, we're also going to be talking with our good friends Jim McGee and Richard Battle as um, the governors, well, I, I guess we call it the Texas Marlene, what what is the exact governor's prayer breakfast? The governor's prayer breakfast. I didn't know if we (laughs) were still calling it the governor's prayer breakfast, but um, that is coming up as well. And so I'm so excited about that. But in between all of our interviews, you get to hang out with us, um, the three love ladies, and our new series is called Intentional Living. And in January, we had so much fun discussing our personal responsibility in our walk with the Lord. If you missed that episode, you can go back to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com or go to our podcast and just type in responsibility and that program will type up. We outlined in that program, we outlined several 
action items. <laughs> I have that word in bold, underline, right? All the things, action items that we really, you know, realize is our responsibility. And there were nine areas of responsibility that we discussed. And so we've broken those down. And that's our series here on intentional living. We're taking three of those areas each week and really breaking them down, um, man, and just diving deep, plunging into the word to explore the areas of attitude. <laughs> I got to take a pause there. Attitude. attitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, giving thanks. Loving well. Studying scripture, making disciple, disciples, praying, serving, giving, and forgiving. So we've I've broken these up, uh, and today is my day. I'm writing this program today in the areas of, we'll just use this little acronym GAL, since we got the three GALs here, um, <laughs> giving thanks for the G, attitude, and loving well. So you have that to look forward to today, listening friends. I'm excited about it. So giving thanks, attitude, and loving well. How can we be intentional in those areas of our life? Well, Marlene, what's been going on in your world as we are here at the end of February? What's been going on? It's been busy. And, you know, I keep intentional is really a factor in the busyness because I keep thinking, you know, I'm supposed to be retired and I'm supposed to be <laughs> sitting in my comfy chair and, oh, yeah, there's that to do. Do I want to do it? Yes, because I want to be intentional and about the things that I feel like God is calling me to do. Um, I certainly want um, our listeners to go out and vote because the elections are coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And I certainly want um, everybody to participate in the Collegiate Day of Prayer at the end of the month. That's that's the 29th. Uh, adopt a college and pray for them and pray for revival to hit our college campuses across the nation because that's our future. And and it's really important to do. But so all of those things, you know, I've been busy with the election and busy with Collegiate Day of Prayer in in certain ways and and um, um, just uh, praying for people who are out in the field. And I just it's it's a interesting retirement isn't for busies. <laughs> yeah. I love that you are being intentional with your days, Marlene, and how you have just filled them with serving the Lord. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. Uh, well, what about you, Kathy? I am so excited about an opportunity that the Lord has kind of brought to my doorstep. I get to speak to a group of ladies at a luncheon in Melbourne, Australia, and um, I'm just so excited for it. I've just been getting into God's Word and, and seeking what He would have me share and I'm going to be talking about heart, H-E-A-R-T, with the ladies, as well as pulling from Ephesians um, 2.18, which you ladies know is one of my favorites. Unlike Dave, I do have favorites. I <laughs> favorites. We, were, we were talking earlier. Um, friends, if you haven't seen it, the Bridge Austin, you can go to Instagram, and they've been doing these hilarious interviews with different people in the radio station um, that really keep us on the air and keep us sounding good and make sure the signal is strong. And 
Um, anyway, one of them, his name is Dave, and apparently Dave does not have favorites. He says he has no favorite movies, no favorite children, no favorite Bible verses. And um, anyway, for me, I have lots of favorites, and one of the favorites is Ephesians 2.18. Kathy, I so super cool that you are you're taking a trip to Australia to take your daughter to, to college. She's doing a a study abroad there of of sorts. She well, I guess she's studying there or at least for a semester. Uh-huh. And uh, you're going there, and you have filled it with a ministry opportunity. I just I love that H E A R T. I love that. I'm sorry, Marlene. I think I interrupted you. What were you gonna say? Nope, you did not. Uh, go right ahead. Okay. Uh, so I, I love that about you. Of course you would find a way to go and speak to people while you're in Australia. Um, that, w- that is amazing. Well, friends, how our key verse for today, verse for today, is from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I really feel as if intentionality requires perseverance in doing good. Um, got an area in my life right now that is pretty stressful um, with some church stuff that's going on. And I've become a little weary. And whenever I read this verse again for probably, you know, the hundredth time, I thought, gosh, that is so right. Let us not become weary in doing good. Um, And even when we're faced with challenges or discouragement, God is saying, you know what? I got your back. Press on. I've got you. And it will bring forth a harvest of blessings as we continue to be faithful to live with purpose and intention. Okay, so Marlene, Kathy, I decided that we better define intention, right? What is the definition? Um, Marlene, it does not say your name in the dictionary yet, but I know that if we (laughs) – I know that you're you're being very intentional. Um, It just means done on purpose, to be deliberate that it's and it's it's a purposeful action that we take um to accomplish something right so all right kathy marlene do you agree with this statement um this statement i gotta find it here um intent well wait where where did i put my statement i guess it's a question all right it's a question What are some areas of your life where you are intentional, not only in your walk with the Lord, but just in general? Who wants to go first? Well, I'll step in. You know, so much of life just happens, you know, and we're caught up in it. But I think that even in the midst of that, you still have to look around and say, what would Jesus do? You know, and and I know that you you had talked about um, in your own life, Carrie, that you deliberately write notes and cards and you do some things to stay connected with friends. And I think that's one of the things that I'm really trying to do in retirement is to go back and make sure I touch base with people who have been instrumental in my life, whether that's somebody that I worked with or somebody that's in the family or somebody that's new, brand new. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, 
I want to know the people on my street. And so I'm really intentionally trying to create opportunities to visit with them, to get to know them, to um, share life with them. Um, I'm also looking at people in my family who are um, in their senior years. And as you age, your world gets smaller and smaller. And so um, I made a trip and I happened to be in the Houston area and I have a distant cousin that's in that area. And so I invited her to lunch. Um, you would have thought I just gave her a million dollars. I mean, she, just, <laughs> she was so excited to that I would take her to lunch and um, just visit with her. She can't get over it. She talks about it all the time. And Aww. so, and that that is, that's a small thing, but it's an intentional, deliberate thing I chose to do when I didn't have to. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. You know, I, I love what Marlene says about like staying connected. I think that being intentional about staying connected in meaningful ways is so important. And, I, you know, I have this struggle, Marlene, Coach Carrie, I don't know about you, but I am kind of an out of sight, out of mind girl. And um, I have found that in order to stay connected with friends, especially friends I don't see often, that it just doesn't work well. I have to remember. I have to recall. I have to be purposeful about sending little texts or sending a card. I love, I think sending a card is so important. And especially with my daughters as they have, you know, left the house and gone to college, being intentional about staying connected with them, not just to ask, what are you doing today? Although that is important but actually making time to have those communications with them or those FaceTime calls with them so they can see my voice. And I mean, they can see my face and I can see their face and we can smile at each other and kind of give virtual hugs, if you will. I, I think this being intentional about staying connected is so important. And, you know, Eric and I, even in our marriage, I think you have to be so intentional with your marriage of if there's a problem, being intentional about going and getting help. If there's communication issues, be intentional about resolving them. And friends, there's just so many good areas that we can really look at and evaluate. Be self-aware and be intentional. And right now, friends, we actually have to be intentional about going to our break because our sponsors who keep us on the air and have kept us on the air that we're this October will be our 40th year, which is amazing for a radio program to be on the air for four decades. It's just incredible. We love them. We're going to hear a word from them um, and how they invest in life to help you. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. 
So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Are you looking for a new church home? Or maybe you're new to the area. Either way, we here at First Baptist Church Pflugerville would love to welcome you to visit with us this Sunday at 11 a.m. for our worship service. We have a myriad of different grow groups at 9.30 a.m. And if you need more information, just click the big orange New Here button on our website, fbcpville.org. We hope to connect with you in the near future. And we hope that when you do visit with us, you'll feel like family here. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-2580. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. We are Man, we're just so grateful that you're with us. And this is part one of our series of Intentional Living. All right, we're going to jump right into it here, ladies. Uh, Today, discussing giving thanks, our attitude and loving well. G-A-L, giving thanks, attitude, and loving well. All right, well, let's talk about this giving thanks. I know that it's not November, and I know we're not hyper-focused on being thankful, but Scripture is quite clear that it is our responsibility to be intentional about giving thanks. And I tell you what, friends, when we're intentional about giving thanks and recognizing the blessings that are around us, man, life just gets better. (laughs) It really, really does. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I have an easy time being grateful when my kids are doing well, uh, when my communication in my marriage is top notch, uh, when I have extra money for fun things and entertainment instead of kind of scraping by to fix the roof, right? Um, You know, it's. I'm sure we probably all had a season in our life where we just struggled to be thankful because things were really, really hard. Our circumstances, our circumstance that we were walking through was incredibly difficult. Um, A divorce, uh, a sick family member, addiction issues, loneliness, you know, the loss of a job. Um, So I, I understand completely how there are times when it is difficult to give thanks. Um, I, I And so we're going to look at two examples from the Bible today of folks who were in very dire circumstances, <laughs> um, but they chose to give thanks. All right, so we have Daniel. Daniel is in the Old Testament. Daniel is a young man. And he was born into a noble life, but he became enslaved as a teenager. 
okay, and he was cut off from his, his family. Even through all this hardship, Daniel followed God with his whole life, his whole heart. I can't even imagine being ripped from my family as a teenager and this kind of luxurious living in slaves and, and just going, okay, Lord, like, here I am. What, what do you have for me? So, Marlene, take us through kind of a little bit of Daniel's story and how he continued to praise the Lord. All right. Well, if you turn to Daniel 6.10, what you'll hear is a, or read is a story of how he was um, asked to basically pray to the king or pray to God. And he chose to pray to God. And that meant that he ended up in the lion's den. And, right. uh, and this isn't this isn't a figurative lion's den. This is an actual, literal lion's den. No escape. The animals are there. They're ready to eat him. But he praised God. And he didn't get eaten. He emerged alive. And that's, uh, that's the, in a nutshell, the story of Daniel. And you think, how can that happen? How can he praise God in the midst of certain death? And, you know, so I I think that, you know, one of the things that the Lord is dealing with me uh, about is that God in my life must get bigger. And he must be more real than death. And, you know, and that's... um, That's a very exciting concept to me because, you know, one of the things that we as humans fear most is death. It's suffering, it's pain, it's death. But the reality is God's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And life is eternal. It's, it doesn't end on this earth. It's eternal if we know the Lord. And so that is, um, that is a concept that I don't even know, uh, I don't even know the the depths of it, but I think it's 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 something that I'm really trying to pursue in the Lord, you know. And and you mentioned one of the horrible things to go through is divorce. Well, I've been through divorce, and I was in circumstances that were horrific. And I can re- I can remember um, a phone call, and I won't tell you about the phone call except that it was devastating. Uh, one more circumstance that was intolerable. And um, and I hung up the phone and I said, God, I should be really upset, but I'm not. Your grace mm-hmm. is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 so we have to look at if we have a picture of the end game, which is heaven in eternity. Our life is. Um, I think we can. I think we can accomplish the lion's den. You well, know, and go ahead, Carrie. I was just going to say, Marlene, that's a very good analogy because Daniel, he he did not create this situation due to wrongdoing or unfaithfulness. Yet, you know, he didn't create this situation. You didn't create your situation. And, you know, at that point, you chose to say, okay, Lord, I know you've got me. I don't get this, but I, I know you've got me. And Daniel did the same. Daniel was forced into a choice, pray to the king or get thrown in the lion's den. 
mm-hmm. right? And he chose to praise the Lord and not pray to the king. And, you know, in, in both of y'all's circumstance, you chose God. Mm-hmm. Um, through no fault of your own, you were put in a horrible situation and you chose to be grateful. Um, so it really I puts things in perspective. <laughs> okay. Trust in God. I think I, we can get to grateful. <laughs> I do think, I do think though, in your situation, Marlene, at that point in time, you were like, okay, Lord, you, you really have just shown me that I am going to need to leave this situation. Like that was the straw. Right. And, and that's it, almost like a relief. Like, Okay, there. Oh, wow. Okay, you have shown me, Lord, that you've got me. You're protecting me. I'm going to leave now. So, anyway, I know that's really simplifying your story, and I, I don't mean to 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 do that. But you're right. You weren't grateful that it, that you still turned your face to the Lord. That, well, that's, and, I mean, you may not at the time be grateful for the situation you are in, but you can give thanks to God that He is sovereign God over all, that he is sovereign Lord over everything. And, you know, I think what about all of the small intentional um, times that Daniel chose God throughout yeah. leading up to this? Because, you know, we, we pick out these stories and we go, well, what about everything leading up to this? And Carrie, I love that you said as a teenager, he left his parents, right? I mean, Jerusalem was overthrown. He was carried off to Babylon. And, uh, you know, mom and dad, we don't know if they got killed. And I think how many times could Daniel have been killed leading up to this point, right? Because if you read the book of Daniel and friends, I just, I go and do it. This is an incredible, incredible account of this, of this young man's life and his intentional obedience and abiding in the Lord and pursuing God and keeping his face turned towards God. I mean, there were other times when Daniel's like, hey, I don't want to eat the king's food. And I mean, he could have been put to death for that. I'm thinking as Jerusalem was overthrown and he saw everyone around him being slaughtered, you know, I think, you know, at this point, Daniel's like, gosh, the only reason I'm alive is because God has kept me alive for such a time as this. And I, I think that all of us, as we are drawing breath, God is keeping us alive for such a time as this. God is intentional about the circumstances that he has put us in. And um, I think we can turn around with that same intentionality for the times that he's put us in. And I, so I think Daniel's an amazing story. I also think of Jonah and I resonate with Jonah because Jonah really messed up. Right. And I mean, I just think of all the times in my life where I have really messed up and, and, you know, we see even Jesus talking about, he goes, look, the people who obey me, they're the ones who know me. They're the ones who love me. And yet we see Jonah completely disobeyed God, right? God told Jonah, hey, I want you to go and preach salvation to the Ninevites, right? This horrible nation who is just enemies of Israel and who do awful things and who serve other gods and who practice horrible things. And God cared about Nineveh's salvation and wanted Jonah to go preach and share 
uh, just the message with the Ninevites that God is the one true God and that God is going to destroy them if they don't repent. And Jonah said, you know what? I would rather you just destroy them. I don't want to share a message with them. They don't deserve it. Um, you know, I, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And Jonah actually disobeyed God and ran away from God. I mean, obviously, he learned you can't run away from God, but he tried his best. And so we see jo Jonah on a ship where the storms are basically going to rip this ship apart and kill everyone on the ship. And they're trying to figure out what is it that, you know, we've never seen a storm like this before. We have obviously gotten some God mad. And we need to, you know, throw somebody over or we need to kind of, you know, kill whoever it is is responsible for this horrible storm. And Jonah actually goes, hey, um, it's me. You know, I'll take a word from Taylor Swift. And this is probably horrible. I'm going to get a lot of, hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Right. And um, so Jonah gets thrown overboard. And ends up in the belly of a big, huge fish. And then we see Jonah giving thanks and praising God, right? I mean, that God has basically saved him from death by having him swallowed up in the, um, in the belly of this big fish and has spared all of the people on the ship. And so in Jonah um, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, but I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And I mean, you can hear it in my voice. This kind of catches me up because even after disobedience, God gives him this opportunity to choose again. And Jonah chooses God and says, yes, okay, I will go and and preach to the Ninevites and declare the salvation um, that comes from the Lord. And so, you know, I, I, I love that we can be grateful that in our disobedience, God will go and try and get our attention and he will give us another chance. And so, friends, I would just say if you find yourself today in a place of disobedience, things aren't going well. Uh, or maybe God is just showing you that you are in a place of disobedience. You know, I think maybe your life is going really well and you have a lot of money in the bank and a big and beautiful house. Uh, but you are in a relationship you should not be in. And God is calling you to this to your attention. Repent and give thanks that he would love you so much that he is showing you that you are living outside um of his will for your life. And um, I just think it's so important that we give thanks. We, we give thanks and we turn from disobedience. We turn to God and we watch what God does, whether we are in a lion's den, in the belly of a big, huge fish, or wherever we are at the moment, we can give thanks despite our circumstances. Absolutely. All right. Well, giving thanks for sure in all circumstances, like it says in 1 Thessalonians 5. All right. So that's uh, that brings us to our attitude. <laughs> this one, um, you know, gals, when I was coaching, I always began practice with a thought for the day, right? Uh, it was typically a quote from a coach or a famous athlete or a historical figure. 
And, you know, it was a life lesson of sorts, and we would just discuss it briefly. One year, a player of mine gave me this huge piece of art with a quote that it impacted her life. And um, it's a special gift. And it says, your attitude will determine your altitude. I have found this to be true in every single area of my life without question. Uh, You know, as we seek to live intentionally for Christ, we are commanded in Philippians 2.14 to do everything without grumbling or complaining. Um, you know, I, I, I really see this. I mean, have you ladies ever been around someone who was just, they, they just could not say something positive. They were just always kind of grumbling about this or whining about that or complaining about this. It's exhausting to be around those people. They just kind of carry themselves with an air of negativity. But what about the opposite? Right? Have you ever been around someone who's just uplifting and filled with joy and, you know, just um, kind of brightens the room and lightens the air? There, it's 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 such a dichotomy, and it's so obvious, right? Um, So I want to give just a couple of examples here from scripture of negative attitudes and good attitudes <laughs> because we have um vast examples here so even in Jesus's inner circle there were times when the disciples were had a negative attitude where they were kind of whiny so to speak James and John they're known as the sons of Zebedee the sons of thunder they they had the gall the audacity to ask Jesus if they could sit at his right and left hands. Can you imagine? This is in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 38. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, and they said, hey, teacher, um, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Oh, my stars. I can't even hardly read that without cringing. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. And Jesus just kind of shook his head and said, you do not know what you are asking. Oh, my stars, y'all. Jesus just patiently but firmly corrected them, teaching us that, you know, he's trying to teach his followers to seek humility. Right. But this is a wrong, negative attitude. I mean, y'all, what do y'all think when you read this passage? I, I, I'm, Yeah. I, I, well, one, I think. If one is is sitting on Jesus's left, he's sitting in the father's lap, right? That would be kind of an awkward place. It's like, okay, I'm just going to sit on your lap right here. Uh, Yeah, it's like, what can you do for me? Not what can we do for you? That's not the heart of a, a giver. That's the heart of a taker. Isn't that kind of where a negative attitude typically is? It's like, look at me. Right. I've got all these burdens. I've got all this going on. Or, hey, I need something from you that you're not giving me. It's really kind of a selfish, a selfish way to look at things. Um, and I, I have to put myself in check with this. You know, um, just I'm naturally a giver. And so sometimes I get weary and I need more from like my family, you know, um, but I have to be conscious of how I request that. Um, okay, so Miss Positive Attitude Marlene sitting over there. Um, 
<laughs> we see a great example of positive attitude through Paul. I mean, as he walks through his life in the New Testament, he's just one of the Bible's greatest encouragers and instructors because this man went through more than any of us can imagine, yet he stayed positive throughout these trials. Um, can you walk us through uh, one of those verses there in Second Corinthians, Marlene? Sure. Second uh, Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, Paul said, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And and then again in First uh, Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen, always be joyful, never, and I say never, never, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Or this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. You know, I'm watching a person right now. He was so blessed of God financially, in business, just made millions. And now it's like the opposite is happening through no fault of his own. But what I see in that is God is telling him and showing him that he's still in charge. And that he is to rely not on his strength and abilities, but on God's. And that's a lesson that's very, or could be very painful. <laughs> but I believe it's a lesson that will elevate him to do great works in God. And and that's my prayer for him. I, I pray constantly for that. And so I, I think Paul is that person. He was the person who held the coat while they stoned Stephen. He was a sinner. And he was an educated man. Very educated, yeah. And now he has all of this trouble in his life because he believes in the Lord. And yet God took him to great heights in in him. And and his, his that joy, that presence of God never left him. And I think that's really who we need to emulate hmm. as Christians. For sure. For sure. And you know what? Our attitude is always something that we can control. Period. Mm -hmm. Like we are in 100% control of our how we react, how we respond, how we proceed. Um, and Marlene, like you said, if we are praying and we are in scripture, if we are praying without ceasing, right? And then our attitude just seems to take um, a check, right? Like, oh, okay, when we pray about it, our attitude gets adjusted a little bit. Um, and so that's, that is incredibly comforting. You know, Coach Carey, one, one thing, this, this one Bible teacher, I don't remember who it was. It was when I was a young Christian, she said, a complaining mouth is a sure sign of a prayerless life. And Oof. that Oof. hit me so hard. I was like, oh, my goodness, because, I, yeah, anyway, that completely changed the way that I looked at things and the way that I looked at prayer as prayer is abiding. I mean, it is abiding in that relationship with Christ. And Ephesians 2.18 says that it's um, through Christ 
we all have access to the Father by one spirit. And so when we're praying, we are in that spirit. I mean, he is in us, abiding in us, in our hearts, in our minds. We're bringing words to the throne. And if we are there, that means the fruit from our lives and what is coming out of our mouth should be gentle and kind and persevering and joyful and goodness. And so I I don't know. I, I love that, that our attitude and our ability to endure hardship and persevere through hardship and do the right thing in hardship and continue to walk out the life that God has called us to walk out, even amidst hardship, I mean, that is a sure sign of a, of a life that is um, abiding in Christ. And anyway, it's a, a little bit of a conviction and a little bit of a admonishment and encouragement, I think, over each of us. Sure, for sure. All right. Well, before the break here, let's move on to our last area of intentionality today as we've discussed giving thanks, our attitude. Now we're on to loving well. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. As I was doing a little research for this program, came across an author named John Bloom, and this is what he writes. The most loving thing we can do for others is to love God more than we love them. For if we love God most, we will love others best. Ooh, I really want to talk about this when we come back because this is also something else that is uh, that takes intentionality. Um, and as we launch into this final topic for today of loving others well, how are we loving God? Is he the most important in our lives? Are we loving him the most so that we can love others well? Does this make sense? I'll discuss with Kathy and Marlene uh, more about loving well and being intentional in our living when we return to Love Talk right after this. Don't wait. Score the best deal on the home of your dreams at the three-time awarded Community of the Year Santa Rita Ranch. With top-rated amenities and school districts, our 20 available move-in ready homes priced from the 200s won't last long. See for yourself why 2,000-plus neighbors love life at the ranch. For more information, visit us at SantaRitaRanch.com. SantaRitaRanch.com. Are you recovering from an injury, need to regain your health, or simply want to improve your golf swing? HeartFlex can help. HeartFlex is an innovative exercise tool for all fitness levels. Made in the USA, HeartFlex has helped countless Texans improve their fitness by increasing strength, boosting circulation, maximizing flexibility and endurance, and speeding recovery from surgery. It's small, portable, and lightweight. HeartFlex can be used standing, sitting, or lying down. No springs or rubber bands to snap back and cause injury. At less than $40, shipping is free and 
Land has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Nothing can stop you from improving your health today. You can learn more and to order yours, visit HeartFlexUSA.com. That's HeartFlexUSA.com. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk here with the Love Ladies, Coach Carrie Brinkader, Kathy Enderbrock, and Marlene McMichael. Oh, my stars, friends. We're having such a great time discussing this intentional living, part one of our series of three. Um, we have already chatted about giving thanks and our attitude, and we're on to loving well. Love is an action. You know, uh, years ago, Kathy, you probably remember this. We did a program. Um, I think I called it Love is a Verb. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because uh-huh. love is an action word. It show, I mean, Scripture shows us over and over again the life of Jesus. And that's what we're going to be focused on here in this final segment is the life of Jesus shows us over and over and over again how to love others well. Not just the easy to love ones. But the hard-to-love ones as well. Jesus just, he was just radical for his time. Um, so the, the, the areas we're going to look at is out of love, Jesus healed the sick. Out of love, Jesus fed the hungry. Out of love, Jesus preached uh, the kingdom. He preached about the saving love of, um, of what he was going to do in our lives, the sacrificial love. And then out of love for us, he gave his life. So, you know, as we look at all these areas, I, I was just constantly reminded about all the people that Jesus loved well when he healed people. So in this time period, I want us to remember that the religious before Jesus, they shunned the sick. They saw sick, disabled folks as um, kind of being cursed. Like they thought they were cursed by God for some reason, right? Oh, your parents must have sinned because you were born blind. Like that, that is a, that is false, friends. That is absolutely 100% false. Um, so we see this time, this is right after Jesus had found out about the beheading of John the Baptist. So I want you to think about that. He's he's just learned of the beheading of his family member, John the Baptist, who was preaching and teaching. And he lands in a large crowd. And the first thing he sees is people that need to be healed. And so, Marlene, like, kind of walk us through this. Like, what kind of compassion, as you think through, like, all of your Bible knowledge and your your mind is just blown about how the Lord just healed people and was compassionate. Well, amen. Um, <laughs> you know, 
a lot of times it's easy as for to say or it's easy to say they've got these problems they're not mine i'm i'm okay yeah and and not really identify with those who have the problems um for some reason, this makes me think of a podcast that I listened to yesterday, um, and it was by a couple of, well, there was there was a researcher but involved, but there was, it was also a couple of uh, former lead border agents at the Texas border and what's happening there right now. And one of the things that, that they said that struck me is that the invasion on the southern border is really about money. It's about trafficking, it's about drugs, and it's about the cartels. And those people could care care nothing about the people that they are hurting. Yeah. And it just broke my heart because what Jesus did is he, he himself was perhaps grieving about John the Baptist, but he goes in and he heals the sick. Mm-hmm. And we can't anymore look at the border and say, well, it's not my problem. It is our problem. Mm-hmm. And there are tens of thousands of people that are suffering in that crisis. And so I, I, I just spent the day thinking, okay, how do we impact that as Christians? How do we make a difference in those kinds of situations where it's clear that people are not valued and that they're just treated as um, a commodity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not as humans uh, that they are, and the children is—it's not fair to the children. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, it's—I, I, you know, I stay up at night sometimes thinking about the suffering that is happening, and we're allowing it to happen um, in this country right now. Well, no, you're right. I think there's a lot of areas where we can be intentional, right? We can be intentional when we're discussing, you know, how can we step into this world like Jesus did? Um, you know, we can be very intentional about praying for the situation on the border. We can be very intentional about taking a meal to our neighbor down the street who just had surgery. And, you know, it's a struggle for them to um to, to get meals. We can be intentional about writing a card to someone in our community of, of maybe our church or here at your street or somebody in your school on your kid's sports team that lost their dad, right? That just lost, you know, that their dad just passed away, whatever it is. Like we're obviously not going to be healing people, but we can step into the lives of people that are hurting because they are sick because someone around them has been sick. Um, and, and that takes intentionality. It really does. And Jesus was great at recognizing it. Um, and so we do need to be intentional about opening our eyes, like you just said, Marlene, to many different areas where we can be intentional. All right. Matthew fifteen thirty two. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me for three days. They have nothing to eat. I do not want them. To, I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. So Jesus, this is where Jesus fed the five thousand, and he feeds the hungry in Matthew. It's one of the greatest miracles that we see in in Scripture. He takes five loaves of bread and two fish, and he feeds five thousand people. Well, 
in the scripture it says 5,000. That was typically probably 5,000 men. So it was more than that because there were women and children, right? Um, and these people were so hungry that Kathy, he noticed a need, and he's like, we got to meet this need. Well, and lo- one of the things that I love about the story is that he – he kind of commends them. He says, they have already been with me three days and they have nothing to eat. I mean, I, I love it that these, they were sticking with him. They were, they wanted, I mean, every word that came out of his mouth, they were just wanted to hear and learn and grow. And I mean, I think that when we just get a hunger for God's word, for the words of Christ, they are so transformative. They are so life-changing. You know, nothing else seems to be important. And um, so I, I just love that that Christ was a rewarding the faith that they were showing, the love that they were showing to Christ. Uh, the value that they were that they were basically showing him with their life choices, and then he wanted to meet. Uh, not just their spiritual need, but he is going to meet now their physical need. And so I love that, you know, Christ wants to meet our spiritual need. He is first and foremost our savior. And, um, but he will meet our, our, um, our physical needs as well. And I, and I just, yeah, I love that, that he loves well and we can go and love well. And, you know, when we go and love others well, we have to remember that their deepest need is a spiritual need. Mm-hmm. And now, sometimes we may have to meet their physical need first in mm-hmm. order to meet their spiritual need, but we can never forget what their deepest need is and that we we know about it. And And I think once you know about the saving relationship that we have through Jesus Christ, that he, that there is nothing that we can do to get to heaven on our own because we are, we are sinners and God is holy, but that Christ died on the cross to pay that penalty of sin that was on us, that we could not pay on our own and that he has offered us that free gift of salvation. That is a message that as we go and love well, that is a message for us to share with others. Yeah, for sure. You know, to wrap up this segment here, you know, Jesus, out of his love for us, he gave the ultimate sacrifice, right? I mean, um, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So God... God made a sacrifice by sending his only son to earth as a human, fully God, fully man. Mm-hmm. And Jesus then fulfilled that um, by giving his life on the cross and then raising again three days later to bear our sin. And that is the ultimate sacrifice. You know, I, I don't know, ladies, for y'all, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to fully understand how much God loves me through his son, Jesus. I don't think my mind can wrap around that. Um, But we can receive his love forever. You know, Jesus's love, it just, it's so compelling because it's so different. There's no idol. There's no, no thing on this earth that can be worshiped today that stood up, that can stand up to what Jesus did for us. 
nothing. No Buddha, no money, no cars, no fame, no fortune, no riches, nothing. Can, can it, they pale in comparison to what Jesus did for us. And friends, if you're going, I don't get this, I don't understand. We highly encourage you to find a church, to find a place where you can go and worship this weekend, where you can dive into the scripture. Friends, there are amazing churches out there that will welcome you with open arms. They are um, Jesus with skin on, friends. They are going to welcome you. They are going to pull you into their community, and they want you to know the saving love of Jesus Christ. Friends, we have run out of time for today. We are so grateful um, that you have joined us today on Love Talk. You can find us on all the socials. And we just encourage you to fulfill James 122 today, to not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. For Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk. <laughs>